Welcome to Book Recos Between the Pages. I'm Jess. And I'm Lauren. And we're the pals behind Book Recos. This is the podcast where we chat all things books and just about everything in between. Dr. Amir Khan is best known as the resident GP on Lorraine and Good Morning Britain. And his debut novel published this month. And so we are delighted to be joined by him today to discuss it spoiler free. How not to have an arranged marriage is an amazing story full of both arranged and love marriages, along with the struggles of familial and societal pressures. Dr. Amir, thank you so much for joining us today. We are really excited to have you with us for this episode. Oh my God, thank you for having me. I'm really excited too. (laughs) Well, we both loved how not to have an arranged marriage. So please, can you kick us off just by telling our listeners what it's all about? I I kind of describe it as a cultural romantic comedy. I want to say dramedy, but I don't feel like that. That's a proper word. And now that I'm a writer, I've got to use proper words. So so comedy. um, it's about uh, it's a love story at heart, really. We've mm. got Yusuf, who is our main protagonist, and and he has had his old life mapped out in front of him. Uh, he is going to go to university, become a doctor, because that's what his parents want. Uh, and once he finishes, he his parents are going to find him a, a girl or introduce him to 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 some girls that he might want to marry but he falls in love while he's away uh with uh, a girl called jessica who is everything he wants and everything his parents have warned him about uh and so the drama ensues does he kind of stay with jessica or does he does he listen to his parents which is what he's always done and that kind of internal battle he has but also at the same time we've got other characters who are going through um potentially having an arranged marriage who are unlucky in love for for a number of other reasons uh, and have asked uh, their parents to try and introduce them to someone who they might find suitable, uh, which sounds a bit like Downton Abbey, but it is yeah. just an introduction <laughs> and then they can, and they can take it from there. <laughs> I love that. And that's, and that's what it's about. <laughs> I, my heart really goes out to Yusuf as well, because you can really see that he's torn between wanting to please his family, but also trying to live a life that is his his own and something that makes him happy but he feels like he could couldn't possibly do both and there reaches the point in the book where everything starts to implode and my heart just goes out to him because at the same time of everything going wrong part of me was a bit like well you did bring this on yourself yeah. Was yeah. your intention ever for the reader to take a side, i.e. Jess's side or Yusuf's side or his mother's side? Um, well, I-, I wanted to show how complex it was for Yusuf because mm. when I was writing it, I could feel myself getting frustrated with him. And I was thinking, right, you, why don't you just grow a pair and sort this out? But I, what I wanted the reader to feel is, is other kind of the deep-rooted reasons he couldn't just stand up to to yeah. his parents and how that goes right back not just to to him but to previous generations and his his parents generation and their generation before before them uh, and the challenges that that first generation migrants face like myself really you know because my my mum and dad came over from Pakistan I was born here very British 
uh, and and you're kind kind of straddling these two cultures, mm. uh, and and they do work beautifully together, but sometimes they clash, and and the, he's been caught up in a clash of two cultures really, and 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 trying to to figure out what's right. Uh, uh, he's finding it really difficult and he's trying to please everyone and he ends up hurting everyone yeah and I I definitely found that I I couldn't side with anyone I would read someone's chapter and be like yep absolutely on his team nope absolutely not on his team and I think perhaps one of the reasons that you're able to keep the readers you know so open to these various viewpoints is through your beautiful curation of so many perspectives throughout the book our listeners will be really bored of us talking about how we love a dual narrative in a book we talk about it all the time <laughs> so it was such a delight and a joy to open your book and discover that there are multiple perspectives and each character has you know a unique tone of voice and a really interesting story um and despite you know there's there's just so much to unpack anyway and we'll get into it but I just loved hearing from everyone and I just thought how on earth did you keep up with all of these stories in your head when you were writing it <laughs> it was tricky you know what it took me three years to write this book because I was doing it from wow. the perspective um, I was doing it in between kind of my GP surgeries and everything else that, that that goes on and that combined with the different narratives of this book made it really hard I had to keep going back and going right what did I write a year ago oh, about gosh, this nice. particular character <laughs> to kind of keep that continuity going but I just loved each character so much. Some I loved more than others, I've got to say. And some were really easy to write because I feel like I know some of them in real life. <laughs> and, uh, and others, I felt it was harder for me to kind of keep that, that through line going. Uh, but it was, it was tricky. It was really hard because there are so many different people, so many different characters. And as the book yeah. goes on, more and more people are introduced yeah. and, and their characters are kind of uh, uh, unraveled. Uh, and I, I I really liked doing it, but it was a challenge, and particularly over the time span. But yeah. I, I feel like it came together beautifully, and and that was um, yeah. really important to me. It definitely did. I want to say now, as a reader, we're not confused. Yeah, <laughs> I just thought uh, writing it that must have been so much, but it definitely portrays beautifully. And yeah. I really loved the jumps in time as well. Actually, I thought yeah, that was really same. Oh, good. And do you know what? Actually, I really loved. I think it was the end of part two where the chapter was from everyone mm. and it mm -hmm. jumps from paragraph to paragraph from a different person I loved that because you're at like the peak of the book then like highest point of drama and each chapter was just somebody's perspective on this situation and you really get this sense of urgency that shit's about to go down and I was yeah. so here for it <laughs> loved oh it. good I'm so glad. that was that was probably my second favorite chapter to write because it was it was like you say the peak of everything uh, I know we don't give too many spoilers away but my yeah. favorite chapter is is the one where Rihanna is shopping for a, a wedding dress and her mum does all the bartering in, <laughs> in Bradford because it's in Bradford where I work I know yeah. it so well uh, and I know <laughs> the shops I even have like the shops in my head because uh, my sisters all went to those shops to get their bridal outfits yeah. and I and my mum is like a force so, <laughs> so she got she really barters hard she barters at Asda my mum to be fair <laughs> but uh, but it was you know that that I know we kind of I, I, you're not asked this question but that was my favorite thing to write because uh, it was just so much fun I bet um <laughs> and I would you know one of the big themes within your book is um the majority if not all your characters 
have a bit of an obsession with this sense of keeping up with appearances um mm. whether it's Yusuf's mum Feroza or she, you know whether she's concerned with what people in the Pakistani community will think and I guess the dramatic irony is Yusuf is so angry or has so much anger towards his family for having these such set ideals around pleasing the community but he's actually doing the exact same thing um which he yeah. he's kind of oblivious to was that something that you intentionally set out to explore yes i did because our whole culture and not, not just our culture every culture you know everybody has a bit of a facade don't they they want mm-hmm. to portray uh this kind of perfect family harmonious relationships with each other and and kind of a, almost like a one-upmanship uh, when it comes to other families in the community and 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 so i wanted to get that across because that is it, it, you know when i go and see my family in india it happens there and it's like at a whole new level everybody's always trying to outdo each other everybody's trying to portray their children as the perfect child my mom does that here you know i've got I've got six sisters and she kind of ranks oh us in order of our jobs. <laughs> <laughs> Where do you sit in the ranking? Oh, I'm really low down. So so one of my sisters is a surgeon. So she's at number one. And then my other sister is an a consultant. She's at number two. And then my other sister is a dentist. And then she's at number three. And then if you've got children that and uh, have right. married, that gives you extra mm-hmm. points. So I rank really low down. so when she's like introducing us I'm like the last person to be introduced but but all of that is kind of what what happens and we can you can laugh about it and 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 I think what this book does is kind of poke fun at it but also portray like the serious you know what can happen when you're Mm -hmm. forcing that on your children all the time and the harm that that can happen uh you know you see it with Yusuf you less so with Rihanna but it, it it it's there in the background and and you know initially Rihanna herself is a is a bit of a disappointment to her parents because she isn't that perfect daughter they were hoping for but then her relationship improves as Yusuf's relationship deteriorates with his mm. with his mum and, and I think that kind of those kind of parallel stories were were really uh, important for me to get across. Yeah, I guess was that many sisters. <laughs> You're like, no, it's yeah. definitely going to be a sister in my book. <laughs> and so, yes. on the topic of Yusuf's mum. I know, like, I did love all the characters, but boy, did she wind me up at times. And I had to keep <laughs> reminding myself, no, this is who we start the story with. Because we first mm. meet her as a young girl in Pakistan and we hear yeah. hear about, you know, what happens to her. And so I just wondered, why did she then grow into the woman who you'd think when she was younger that she'd perhaps resent? Um, yeah. And I wondered, you know, is that the fact that she moved to England and you know being in this new culture has changed the way she thinks and feels of things is it age um and yeah if you could just talk a little bit about that and that decision yeah. to, to show us how you know her early years yeah mm. so Feroza was my absolute favorite person to write because because uh, <laughs> I know loads of aunties and, and it's a little bit like my mom you know she's you know it's all those kind of Asian aunties that 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 um all rolled into one uh, and and, it, and what was important for me is because I always think when I when I meet my mom's friends and stuff they're kind of frozen in time you know they, we we know them as uh, ladies of a certain age and they've got older as I've got older I don't know mm. anything about them uh, uh, from when they were younger and how that shaped what they are now and it's similar with my mom you know she she very rarely 
talks about what life was like for her in Pakistan. And if she does, mm. it's really vague. And uh, and so what I wanted with Feroza, I wanted her to, to not be a caricature and not be a bit of a caricature villain. So we needed a backstory with her. Why is she so determined uh, uh, at the expense of the happiness of her children to you know railroad these relationships that she thinks are best? Uh, and a lot of it has got to do with her culture. We see at the start of the book, where you know she's this young, very studious girl, mm. um, and and looking forward to a bit of a you know a, an educational renaissance, and and that doesn't happen for her. And she finds someone she loves, and that doesn't happen for her. And that does harden her. But what she holds on to, because she doesn't really want to move from Pakistan to England, it's 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 it, it, it yeah. comes about through marriage, and she's really into the culture of of. Uh, Pakistan and at the time when she's young Pakistan is a you know a relatively new country and it's still finding its feet on the world stage and she's really into all those kind of geopolitics and the and the people that make up the country so when she's she's torn away from it the only thing she has is her idea of Pakistan at that time and it's frozen in her head at that time you know what what you know the country itself will progress while she's not there but she's got this singular image yeah. of it and and she wants to to make her life in england she doesn't want to lose that and she wants to incorporate as much of that into her life in england and part of that means forcefully holding on to it and 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 kind of ramming it almost down other people's throats and and getting it uh, across that way so a lot of what she's doing she she really does think it's for the best for her children mm -hmm. and 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 it goes to show in a way that um uh, some parents don't know their children as well as they they think they do uh and forcing their ideologies onto them isn't the best way and people have got to find their own way but she, her whole thing is she just wants to hold on to a culture at all yeah. costs and that costs her costs her dearly yeah mm. and you know, culture and identity are such strong parts of the book as well. And as you say, Yusuf's mom and dad moved from Pakistan to the UK. And I, I guess as well, they've had to harden themselves to the stereotypes and, you know, the racist remarks that come, they come up against. And for Yusuf and Rihanna, as second generation migrants, then they're, they're sort of stuck between two cultures they're sort of straddling the two and never really know which one they most identify yeah. with and um and I think there's a point in the book where Yusuf says sometimes he finds himself inadvertently becoming sort of the the spokesperson for modern day Muslims can you talk yeah. to that a little bit yeah so you kind of find this I mean I can talk for, uh, about it from personal experience you know yeah. you're you are you're brought up here you know you go to school and it's very you know you've got all the British values I went away to university got lots of uh, uh friends from different backgrounds and all of that is brilliant I love it and then you come home and there's, there's this strong kind of Pakistani culture at, at home uh and even at home there's there's this juxtaposition of you know you're watching telly and it's all very British and then you go into the kitchen and you have a curry and you, your mom speaks my mom speaks to me in Urdu and I reply back to her in English and it you know this, all of this kind of thing is is happening in homes up and down uh the country and and to to people of my kind of generation who have been born and brought up uh here um and 
what's really nice when you meet people from other cultures is is talking asking questions them asking you questions you asking them questions and there's a lot of uh, preconceptions uh, in other cultures about Pakistani culture, about Muslim culture, uh, and and a lot of it isn't right, a lot of it isn't correct. And so you end up, even though I'm definitely not an expert in the culture, and you, it's similar with Yusuf, he's not an expert in the culture, but yeah. because in that conversation, you know, you are the expert, so you end up defending it. And sometimes you think, well, I'm defending something that I don't really truly believe in or feel or live through but because it's yours and it's your culture you do feel very protective over it and I found that through school through university uh, you know they people would ask me questions going oh is it true that in your culture you believe in this and they go well yeah it's kind of true in our culture it's not necessarily that what I believe in mm -hmm. but this is the reasons it's believed in uh, and and so and then you end up kind of just constantly defending it uh, which is not a position you want to be in but you've got to answer these questions and you've got to um, fight misconceptions uh, uh, and I think Yusuf and, and Rihanna uh, yeah. find themselves in that situation quite a lot. Yeah even Rihanna at the, when she's starting at work I think there's a moment where somebody pronounces her name Rihanna um, yeah. and I think can't, I can't remember correctly but maybe people at uni had also adopted that way of saying her name and she sort of says yeah. you know I never corrected them but something compels her to correct these people at work um, and I felt like that was a really like pivotal moment for her in sort of reclaiming back part of her identity and being proud of it and not feeling like you know she has to abide by other people's rules and other people's pronunciations of her own name yeah yeah and that's what happened it happens to all of us no matter where what your background is you know you want to fit in as much as you can with everyone don't you, you want to fit in you want to keep your head down you don't want to draw yeah. attention to yourself so so and then you get to an age where you realize actually fitting in isn't that important and it's yeah. not cool uh, and so you reclaim your identity. And there's a bit of a running joke, uh, actually, when it comes to our names in, 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 in Asian culture. You know, there's the right way to say it and then yeah. there's the white way to say it. <laughs> and, uh, and, you know, people call me Amir, but actually my name is Amir. Uh, but I've never corrected anyone while I, were at, while I was at school or at university. And it wasn't until... Um, somebody said it the right way on television it was Adil Ray on Good Morning Britain and then I got loads of tweets saying why is he saying your name wrong how rude he doesn't even know what your name is but actually he said it the correct way yeah. uh, and I thought oh that you know I, and I hadn't thought about it that much so I went on Twitter and said actually this is the right way to say my name uh, I don't mind Amir because that's what I've been called all my life but actually the right right way is Amir and and I wanted to again these little nuances uh, you know, affect so many people. You know, even if you're Irish, Irish people spell their names with lots of letters, don't they? And it's beautiful, but they often get pronounced wrong. And and so so all of those kind of things affect so many people. And I just wanted to get them, even in a tiny way, across in the book. Yeah, yeah. And there's um actually the sort of mispronunciations and miscommunications is something I wanted to just touch on quickly because um we have our character Rohit. Is that am I pronouncing that correctly? Yes, you are. Yes. Um, who is Yusuf's friend. And he meets um, a woman who doesn't live in the same country as him and therefore isn't quite used to the way that 
British people say things. And I'm just going to read a little extract. Rohit was so patient with her, always happy to explain things she didn't quite understand. Like the time she asked if the nurses, if, of the nurses if she enjoyed the movie she had recommended. And the nurse replied, no, yeah, it was good. What does no, yeah mean? It means yes, Rohit explained. Then why say both no and yes? Rohit shrugged. Not sure, haven't really thought about it, but you might also hear people say, yeah, no, as well. Um, and if they do, don't say something like that. So my advice is always go for the last of the two that they say. And I was like, that is so true. And then I suddenly thought, how often am I doing that to other people and confusing yeah. people who haven't got English as their first language? But yeah. You just don't think about that sort of thing, but it makes zero sense. <laughs> <laughs> it makes zero sense. You know where I got that from? I, I train GPs uh, as part of my job. And a lot of my um, train, not a lot, uh, some of my trainees come from abroad. And our patients, I mean, a lot of our patients have very strong Yorkshire accents, which make it difficult for them to understand. But they, he, they, one of them asked me that same thing. He went, what does it mean when they say yes, no, <laughs> and no, yes? <laughs> and it made me think, because again, I do that. You know, when someone goes, oh, would you like a cup of tea? I go, oh, no, yeah, go on then. And, and, <laughs> and so, so I, I do that too, but I think a lot of us do it. Yeah. And it, it made me kind of pause for thought and go, actually, yeah, saying, saying yeah, no, is really weird <laughs> <laughs> no one else does it yeah um and it, it honestly is just such a gorgeous book I I love that with the, all the different perspectives we also get to see a different set of relationships you know whether it's a love marriage an arranged marriage one of two people in the same country one of people that aren't how they get on and how they meet and how their relationship can evolve whether it's via meetings with their parents or switching to texting and I just I loved it all but I also I'm getting married in three weeks so I'm wedding oh, obsessed at the moment thank you very yes. much so I wanted to chat a little bit about weddings uh, as well. yeah. our listeners are gonna be like oh my god she's talking about weddings again um, but, Come on. Um, as, as someone who is planning a wedding for 140 people I thought that was big um, it's got nothing on a South Asian wedding and I loved reading about the experience and all the different activities and festivities that are, that encompass one um, and how so many people get involved in them and all the aunties are involved. Um, are you married? Uh, no, I'm engaged to be married. Oh, congratulations. So, thank you very much. So, but the planning is well underway. I'm, uh, I'm not as quite as far as yours, but yeah, well underway. And are you involved or is it over to the aunties? Are they, are they sort of yeah, a bit of both. My partner, <laughs> the aunties. Uh, but I, again, I quite like planning a wedding. I, yeah. I, I'm enjoying it. And I, uh, it, again, it's a bit of a cross-cultural wedding because my partner's Swiss and, and I'm Asian. So we're having a bit of a cross-cultural kind of event. Oh, wow. <laughs> That'll be amazing. Feel free to write yeah. a second book about it afterwards. I'll definitely. <laughs> <laughs> um, and obviously, Yusuf is training to be a doctor, and that's mm. a field that you are very familiar with, being a full-time GP yourself and the yeah. resident doctor for is it Lorraine and Good Morning Britain? Yeah. Was this sort of the inspiration for the book? Was it rooted in wanting to create a book about? Um, with a, a, a main character who is a doctor was that something that you yes. originally wanted was that where the idea came from maybe yeah I think so because uh, similar to what my mum does you know when you're when you're on the arranged marriage circuit and I have been on it 
you get in and it's described in the book you 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 present your bio data a bit like when you're filling in a dating app you know what job you do and all of this kind of stuff it's very similar but but there's a few questions in there that you wouldn't get on a on a dating app and uh and and you do get ranked on on certain things so there's like a scoring system it's almost like top trumps cards i I mean (laughs) and and there is actually a physical catalogue as well. I have been in the catalogue and, <laughs> and you can peruse through it. I know it sounds really weird and it sounds really bizarre, but it's quite normal. <laughs> and, well, and it's, so, I guess it's no different to swiping through Tinder. Exactly. It's just it's exactly a physical version. But yeah. as you say in the book, it's people that have become pre-approved. And let me tell you, yes. after spending many years on dating apps, yes, what I would give <laughs> to have had a pre-approved version of, you know. <laughs> well, send me your buy data. I'll get you catalog. <laughs> <laughs> You'll clean up. <laughs> so, so yeah. I, I, the reason I made him a doctor is because it, it's a high-scoring kind of profession. And and Yusuf is supposed to be this kind of ideal fella that that would do really well on the arranged marriage circuit because he's tall and he's good looking and he's you know he's a doctor and all of those things are are, are important within that culture uh, and and so when he disappoints his mum uh, he disappoints hard because in in her head she he's so perfect. Uh, and 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 I think that's why I wanted it to be a, yeah. a fall from grace for for right. him really, uh, and it and it kind of is different to Rihanna who is an artist or uh, or wants to be an artist at least, and uh, and and so that kind of again their their kind of storyline as the book progresses and their relationship changes with their mum I think was really um, uh, really important for me to explore. Yeah. Definitely. And I think this book, it covers so much and it's it's definitely, it's a book about family. It's about a book about expectations. It's a, it's a book about so much, but I think um, a lot of people will assume from the title that it's a romance and, this, and it definitely is a romance too. And so I wondered because we have chatted to a lot of authors that have written romances and they are mostly women mm. and they are mostly about women meeting men. And so I wondered how it was to write a romance as a man where the I'd say Yusuf is the main character <laughs> out of all of them um yeah. and yeah is was that a starting point as well the fact that you wanted to explore that genre a little bit do you see it as a romance I guess <laughs> well I call it a romantic comedy but I never set out to write a, a romance novel actually I set out to write a a story about two cultures coming together okay. mm-hmm. uh, or, or the clash of two cultures and and the heart of it is are are a couple in love Uh, and so it becomes a romance but actually the reason I I wrote it from for so many people's different uh, so many different perspectives uh was to kind of not make it entirely a romance Mm, and 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 I wanted people to see um you know actually that uh, you know the relationships in there the friendship between Rihanna and Emma was really important to me uh and just kind of Feroz's development from from you know going from this kind of idealistic schoolgirl to mm. this quite hardcore mom to then losing everything she holds dear mm. is you know all of that stuff kind of well in my head it wasn't a romance until the book was completed and actually somebody else described it as a, a, a romantic okay. um, uh, kind of themed book uh, but I didn't set out to write one if I'm being honest yeah that does come through I'd say it's <laughs> 
I would, you know, genre it as fiction and then it has all these notes of different things in it and so I think that definitely yeah. makes sense hearing you say that oh good <laughs> well you're obviously a very busy person and I almost feel guilty asking you this because you clearly have enough on your plate right now work-wise and personally but what's next Oh, uh, what is next? Right. So I'm, I'm doing some more promo of this book. I've got um, a few ideas for a, a second book uh, in my Fantastic. head. Great uh, uh, and it's so difficult because my first book was nonfiction. And then I've done mm. this one as fiction. And I've got I've got so many. Oh, I've got a children's book coming out in February, oh, which is wow. all done and dusted. I keep forgetting about that. Because <laughs> 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 it, again, I wrote, it sounds really weird, but I wrote that alongside this one. Uh, uh, and, it, the, and then this one has come out first. And it's kind of overtaken everything. Mm. But I've got a book coming out in February called um, How Families Are Made. Uh, and it's a book for six to nine-year-olds uh and it, it, it it's a little bit about you know where babies come from and all using the correct terminology and and making it um child uh friendly but it's more about different kinds of families because where i work in bradford it's inner city it's socially deprived and we've got all sorts of beautiful families that we look after you know we've got um what would be described as the nuclear family a mum dad a couple of kids but we've got same-sex couples we've got foster families we've got adoptive families we've got children living in care uh and all all of that and children who live with extended family and and when i talk to these children as a gp it, it's quite clear that they're not always represented in in yeah. the spaces that they go to and this book is supposed to incorporate uh all of that whilst describing kind of you know why children might be looked after by someone else who other than their parents and yeah. and that kind of thing so so it's it's a again it's a book about family similar to this one but in a in a different way aimed at uh, uh aimed at children and i'm hoping everyone will you know we've got a trans couple in there as well so all of it is it, i'm hoping mm. any child who picks it up will go actually look mum dad that or mum mum whoever that's mm. like my that's like us Feel and that's seen, the idea yeah. behind that book yeah oh yeah. that sounds <laughs> lovely i'll definitely get that for my nephew when he's when he's old enough um, yeah. <laughs> so before we let you go, this is something we ask everyone. Um, we ask if you can please give our listeners a book reco of your own, and it can be something you've read recently, or it can be something that you read when you were younger and it's just stayed with you for life. Oh my God. Right. So, um, uh, a, the book that stays with me for life and I can pick up and read over and over again is, um, a book called The Shadow of the Wind, which is a, it's a Spanish book originally that's been, um, translated into English. And it's a beautiful kind of murder mystery, uh, book set in the Spanish revolution. And, and it's about a hidden library of books. Oh, it's beautiful. You, mm. If you haven't read it, it, no, it's, I haven't. A, it that sounds it's, lovely. It's, oh, it's, it's amazing. It's, um, it's definitely worth uh, worth reading. And then the book I've just finished now uh, is Anita Rani's uh, Baby Does a Runner, uh, which again is about cultures and cross cultures, about a, a British Asian girl who goes off to India to discover more about her past. Uh, and, and that was really beautifully written as well. So I'd recommend both of them. Fantastic. We'll add those into the show notes. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Thank you so much for joining us today, Amir. It was an absolute pleasure to have you on the podcast. And oh, oh no thank you thank your you your book is now out so please listeners do go and and buy it from your local indie bookshop and thank you thank you again so much for having for joining us oh it's been my pleasure thank you for talking to me
so much for listening. If you enjoyed today's episode, then like, subscribe, leave a rating and review. It costs you nothing, but it genuinely means the world to us. And if you don't already, then you can follow us on Instagram at BookRecos for, funnily enough, more book recommendations. And of course, share this podcast with your reading buddy because they probably quite like it. See you next week. We'll be here.